successful trial attorney and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Welcome, everyone, to the Chuck and Julie Show, True Straight Up, with Chuck Bonner and Julie Hayden, brought to you by... Uh, brought to you by AmericasCitizenPress.com, a great conservative website, carry a lot of Tom Tancredo features, mm-hmm. um, and also Denver Synagenics and Dr. Julie McAllen. There you go. Well, it's it's the date after the uh, State of the Union address. Um, a lot of hope on the Biden side to be reset, allowing to use Ukraine as a punching board or jumping board to... A whole new comeback. Hooray! 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 Uh, didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. It was kind of funny. Um, my daughter and her boyfriend called. We were at the caucus, so we didn't actually listen to it live. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, are you guys listening to this? And it's kind of funny. She's, she never, I don't think she's ever listened to one before. Mm-hmm. And she was basically like, this is stupid. It's mm-hmm. like, he's not saying anything. He's like, and he's like, and everything he's saying, it's not true. And I said, <laughs> well, welcome. You know, now probably in fairness, there being Republican presidents, you can accuse that of too. Um, but- no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think you took Trump's, if you look Obama's, uh, even bushes. I mean, you know, it's the one chance you really get to stand out. You get to have people in the audience. You get to do all the thing, and and you have at least half the audience jumping up and down all the Loving time. Loving you, yeah, yeah. So no, this is the worst uh, State of the Union speech I've ever heard. I think. Yeah, well, you know, see, there was not very much on the delivery. It wasn't well delivered. At the end, he had that weird "go get him," whatever that go means. Go get him, yeah. Who? Who? who are you get yeah. Him? Um, whatever. I mean, his weird ad libs. Once again, he mentioned his dead son Bo, um, implying that he was a casualty of war um, and that prompting Lauren Boebert to shout. Um, and I say good for her, by the way. It, you know, when the Republicans or when the, when the Democrats shout at Republicans, yeah. then that's OK. And that's, you know, that's patriotic and that's, you know, wise and everything like that and necessary. Um, when when, Demo- when uh, Republicans do it, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. Notice everyone's Jason, shaming her. Yeah. Shout out politics, which is left wing. These days, Prince Jason Crow's attack. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, so oh, just, okay, just sure. go. For, I mean, I guess if you're Lauren, it's like, God, I haven't been attacked today. Yeah. God, I better do something. Yeah. It's like, I haven't. But, but we're going to talk. It didn't seem the consensus, though, does seem to be as usual. The, uh, you know, liberal media said it was OK, or maybe even some places gave him an A. The conservative media said it was awful. Um, but what one thing I thought was really interesting was the CNN poll. CNN um, does polls. I mean, they have been doing it for like 15 years. Yeah, it's, it's not a scientific. Not a scientific poll. But but I mean, they've got some track yeah, records, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a poll of people who actually listen to the speech. And the uh, and, and they found not very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter, maybe the pundits liked it. Maybe Van Jones liked it. MSNBC swoons. Um, Fox swoon hates he, it. He could have had a heart attack. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but when you look at what did people who actually hear it think, it wasn't good. This certainly was not the reset. Um, and I also think what and we'll play a soundbite here in a second. He didn't touch very much on the issues that people actually cared about. Um, and these polls, meanwhile, as the CNN guy points out, keep in mind. So they polled people who were watching the actual speech that tends to skew by like 10 points or more Democrat. Right. The people who are watching the speech are the people because who like Democratic Biden. President. Right. It's a Democrat president. So, uh, I mean, he kind of outlines the their results, which are basically the worst they've seen in 15 years, no matter how the left tries to spin this. So, Thomas, if we could play the uh, Soto State of the Union number one, please. 
obviously, of all Americans. That, that would not be possible here. This is a poll of people who watch the speech. And what's important to note about that is that people who watch a president give a State of the Union tend to be more supportive of that president or in that president's party. We see this with Democratic presidents and Republican presidents. And so our survey tonight of speech watchers uh, is about 11 points more Democratic as, as a body of people here that were polled than the overall uh, population in America. So just keep that in mind as we now show you what this instant reaction was of poll uh, of uh, speech watchers tonight. 41% had a very positive reaction uh, to uh, the president's speech. 29% somewhat positive, 29% negative. That 41%, when you compare it to last year's speech uh, that Joe Biden gave to a joint session of Congress, that's about 10 points lower on the very positive uh, scale. 51% last year, you see 41% uh, today. In fact, that 41% is the lowest very positive we've seen in about the last 15 years of uh, instant polling after the State of the Union address. Take a look at this uh, question here. We said, did Biden do enough to address some of the major issues here? On Russia's invasion of Ukraine, 69% said the president did enough to address that. But look at this. For the domestic issues that the White House is so keenly aware of in this midterm election year that are potential problems for Biden, they still seem to be problems. 47% said he did enough on inflation. 46% said he did enough on violent crime. Majorities for both inflation and violent crime said he did not do enough. And again, I just want to remind you, that is the majority of a speech-watching audience that is more democratic uh, than the American populace overall. And that ties in with some of the poll numbers, right? You're, you're seeing um, Democrats are liking him less. Um, independents, I saw some poll like 69%. I mean, a vast majority mm -hmm. of independents, unaffiliated voters are unhappy with what he's doing. And it's going to get worse. I saw today oil is now trading at or selling at over $112 a barrel, um, saying that, I mean, there's some experts who say that means $7 a gallon gasoline is coming. Now think about that. When gasoline costs $7 a gallon, what does that do to the trucking, to all? the airlines, to all of the industries, which is basically everything that relies on gasoline and oil and heating oil, that kind of thing, right? So that's a disaster. I saw wheat futures were trading at the highest level since 2008. And that's even worse news because that's even farther out, right? That's not well, going to be easy. Unless you're a wheat farmer in the U.S. Well, yeah, then you're, then, you know, yeah, but, but yeah, there's some people. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what that meant, wheat is something that's used in um, feed for cattle. I mean, food for animals. I mean, it's amount, it's amount. huge amount of things and corn as well. Corn is used in all kinds of things, but up to and including paper plates. I mean, so everything is getting more expensive. Um, the feds are going to raise the interest rate this month. They're mm -hmm. announcing. 25 uh, points. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a disaster. I have a friend who they were, they bought land to build a house in Montana like three years ago, right? Two years ago before Biden. Um, and they were going to sell their house here and they were going to have more than enough money to build the house there. Right. Mm -hmm. She said it's a disaster. Yeah. She said, mm -hmm. number one, we got to sell our house now because interest rates are going right. up and right. it's the, the mm -hmm. bubble at the peak of the bubble. But the house, she said, has the prices have skyrocketed. And she said, yeah. she said all of the money we're going to make in this house. But she's like, we're, we're in this bind. Right. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? And she said, that's even the stuff we can get. Build she was like, shack, yeah, she's <laughs> like, don't even start me. Don't even start me on the supply chain 
issues. So, I, and it's even my daughter was mentioned. What my daughter was mentioning that she said he's not talking about anything that matters to me. Well, so, you know, for 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 police, he says let's not defund the police. After everybody in the Republic Democratic Party had had mouthed off about defunding the police, and and right. you know his his thing on on uh, oil, how he's going to keep oil down. Well, there is no plan. They keep on buying it from Russia and and, and funding the Ukrainian war. Well, you pointed out they're going to release from the reserves 60 million barrels, but they're buying 600 or 600,000 yeah. a day from Russia. So how long, you know, do the math there. This from Sandra, I didn't listen. I like my TV too much and can't afford to purchase a new one. <laughs> I'm beginning bits and pieces. She says, I love what Lauren Boebert did. And what about Pelosi's antics? What the hell was that? And the 41% are clearly stupid and only fodder. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was why. What, what is that? Well, well, somebody was saying, somebody just sent her some insider trading tips. So, <laughs> what we're talking about is Nancy Pelosi did a weird thing during the speech where she kind of went like Rub that. Your knuckles yeah, it was kind of wacky. Um, and Steve, Stephen is um, things will get worse before they get better, much worse. Exactly. Now, um, well, we have another soundbite on that, too. And CNN basically said that that a lot of times you can hope that the State of the Union speech, you can do something with your delivery or something to kind of can maybe shift things, give you a bit of a second wind. And I think very few people think that that actually happened. Um, if we could play the State of the Union Soto number two or Soto number two, please. Joe Biden, take a slide in the polls. There's no doubt about it. He's not just taking a slide with the overall public. He's also taking a slide, and I think this reflects that, the instant reaction speech, with people who are even supportive of him or or, are in his party. And I think, um, you know, that is what these numbers reflect, is that he obviously has been on the decline. There's nothing in this speech that suggests he turned that around entirely. I don't think that was the expectation. I don't think that's a realistic expectation for this speech. But clearly, that decline in popularity that we've seen, we're seeing it across the board. And listen, take a look at, you know, I don't know if you noticed the headline there. Again, what's such sort of fake news? CNN poll, mostly positive response. <laughs> right, well, right, technically, right. technically, lowest ever. But, but as they point out, it was mostly positive. It was still the lowest ever. And they're having that stupid headline, not, well, it is, that false yeah, headline yeah. up. As he's saying, he's declining. And he's not only is he declining among Republicans and people would expect, <laughs> he's declining among people who supported him. Which is the only large group left. I mean, the Republicans are single digits. Independents are down the 20s. So and I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say he's, 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 and we're going to talk about Ukraine in a moment, but he's, he's in a bind, I think, there. I think what's interesting is I wanted to kind of analyze some of the numbers there. So you saw that 69% of the people who watched the speech said he did enough. He talked, he did enough to address about Ukraine. About Ukraine. But keep in mind, he didn't really do anything, right? Yeah, right. He didn't, he just said he's putting sanctions on to make Well, he talked enough short. about it, so he got bored with it. <laughs> well, there was that. But I also think, though, that there have been a lot of polls indicate this too, that in spite of, and I'm going to get into the media narrative around Ukraine, but but in spite of all the stuff that's being pushed at us, most people think uh, me included, frankly, that what we're doing there is is enough. We don't want to get, we don't want no fly zones. At once, I agree with Jen Psaki, right? She's like, we have a no fly zone over Russia. Then a Russian plane flies in, we shoot it down. Now we're at war with Russia. She's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. The UN, a Ukraine parliament parliament person, talked today and it was extremely dis- said she was extremely disappointed. Noted that NATO talked Ukraine or made Ukraine give up its nuclear weapons when they diverse came off of the Soviet Union. She's like, oh, thanks. 
for all your help. But but again, I think the numbers show that 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 Biden people do not want the United States Americans that is to get involved in the war. So Biden well, can't do more there. Well, uh, but the know, pictures they, are going to get uglier. Well, they said that they're just a report, CIA report, a report from some of they'd sent all these Stinger missiles and Javelin missiles, you know, just enough to get. Lots of people killed, including Russians and lots of Ukrainians. I mean, what they're doing is say, we'll give you enough. So it's a real slaughter upon. I mean, you're both Slavs anyway. We're happy when you start yeah. killing each other <laughs> off. I mean, kind of like you're not going to win this war, doesn't look like. Uh, but you can you can kill some Ruskies. And when you do, they're going to get uh uh, slaughter a thon themselves. So what are we doing? We're and, just helping them just kill each other. Yeah, and they've kind Which, of... If you don't like Slavic people, maybe that's a good deal. But otherwise, it seems insane. Well, and, and I think in the Biden administration has painted themselves into a corner because... I, well, I'm going to go back to I, that I movie, Wag the Dog, is more true than ever. If you watch that movie, you remember the president poll numbers are down. And so the advisors go to this Hollywood producer, um, Dustin Hoffman, and he's like, you want me to produce a war? And they're like, exactly. Well, that's what the mainstream media is trying to do right now. They're trying to produce a war. So what do you need? I mean, I was a TV reporter forever. We used to have, when you would put together a story or a production, what you called elements, okay? So what are the elements that they need? Well, they need a good guy. That's a heroic Zelensky, right? Mm-hmm. In the in the kind of looking buff in his little shirt there, um, standing up and saying, we will fight to the end. What other element do you need? Well, you need the villain. That's Putin, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you follow that narrative, no matter what happens, okay, it has to be consistent. Putin is evil, 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 right? And Zelensky is courageous, courageous, courageous. Now you have various elements along the way of, you know, which mostly so far are turning out to be fake, like Miss Ukraine's going to go fight the war. Okay, that's an element that supports all the brave Ukrainians. And like I said, the other well, day, I saw Fox, um, you know, they, they opened up whenever I listened to it this afternoon with, you know, a mother who had just given birth to her child, you know. Oh, yeah, yay, hooray. There was another but, one. But, you know, the Russians, well, they kill this mother and child. And this, here's another element. I mean, it, it, it almost feels as if somebody is deliberately really? producing yes. this war. Well, there was a picture, I think, in the New York Post, and it was very grainy. And, and even the New York Post was hedging its best. It was saying, this appears to show a dog sitting by a dead Ukrainian soldier that was his master like what like what so there's this grainy picture of a dog sitting next to someone now where on earth maybe that's true but i mean that's a kind of thing that we and so and the the narrative is though again because you can't have you can have a little bit of dramatic tension but you certainly cannot have the good guys lose right yeah my favorite one is is the tv tower so they have a tv tower they're trying to shoot and one of the bombs was near to this very relatively small memorial to 30,000 Jewish people killed by the Nazis um, with a menorah on there. And, and some of the fragments of the shells, you know, hit part of the menorah and so forth. Not didn't really damage it overly, but attack on Holocaust right. Memorial. How dare they? It's an incredible one. They were trying to 30,000 Jewish people died here. And what are they doing? They're trying to destroy the Jewish memorial. Yeah, and it's, it would be, and I want to let people know too, obviously you can call in 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. If you're joining us on Zoom, feel free to go ahead and unmute yourself or comment. Let me read some of the comments. This is from Stephen, which is a very good point. Why 
why weren't the weapons sent to Ukraine when Russian troops were amassing on the border? There you go. Um, Sandra's like, no, we need to stay out of it. This again from Stephen Glenn Beck said the West are all globalists. China and Russia are nationalists. They put their interests first, not the globalists. Um, and what about the photo of the young Ukrainian woman with a gun welcoming the new world order? <laughs> Yikes, I'll know. I mean, but where I think this is going to be bad news for the Biden administration is, I mean, it is going to go down as another foreign policy disaster. So we're producing this war. And if you're just kind of loosely paying attention, I think your impression is that, hooray, the good guys, the brave, courageous Ukrainians are standing up to Russia and they're slowed down Russia and they've defeated Putin's strategy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The army morale and logistics and disarray and, and the Russians are wandering around disoriented, looking for someplace to surrender. And right. And then and you know, and that's what you get from Kirby at, at the Pentagon and you get from Barry McCaffrey and other ones. But there are some voices out there that go, no, this is the way wars tend to go. You quite quite try to quickly decapitate your enemy and see if you can get them to surrender. We did that in the Iraq war when we did our shock and awe and we hope we'd kill Saddam Hussein, but didn't, didn't work. Happen. So then we so then we just slowly, methodically, uh, over three weeks, uh, bombed everything and took over. Well, took over ba- Baghdad. But so now they're one week done. They've taken Karov or whatever. It I is. think they it's, took another city, Kursan, Kursan today. Yeah. Today and and apparently somebody on Twitter and it's hard again as we've talked before to know what's the truth. Said that the mayor they were talking, the mayor was negotiating with the military. But one of the things I have an answer to though, I've been wondering again when you're producing a war, you need like war pictures. And I was like the other night, I was like shouting at Fox because for their whole the whole primetime show, all three hours. Right. They kept showing the same seven to 15 little video loops over and over again. And I'm like, this is a war. You're telling me you can't find any more video than that. Well, as it turns out, I think there wasn't any more video than that. Initially, they weren't doing a lot of bombings. Now, that has changed. And I think this is where the the brave Ukrainians are. Um, who the world is, it's sort of like the, the world loves them, although we're not going to actually go fight. So them. we're going to watch you get killed. Yeah, we're not going to interfere, but we'll give you just enough to make it And I think the Biden administration, yeah, they're going to have a hard time figuring out what to do here, how to keep looking like we're helping, helping, helping. But wanted to play for you and we can talk more about this too. And again, if you're on, if you're in um, Zoom and you want to unmute yourself and comment on this, go ahead. Um but you and I saw we, we missed because we were at the caucus, which we'll also talk about later. Um, Colonel Doug McGregor, who was the one that Jennifer Griffin from Fox News attacked yeah. and had to fact yeah, check yeah, all yeah. over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was on Tucker Carlson and gave what I thought. Now, I don't know if he's right or not. I don't know enough to know of that. Impossible to know. Right. But he gave to me what seemed to be the most common sense um, what appear to be happening answers in terms of what's Putin's strategy, what's the goal, what can the U.S. do, and, and where do you think this is going? So, Thomas, if we could play, um, and here's he's talking about the strategy and why we've seen what we've seen and why that's about to change. If we could play Ukraine number one, please. We witnessed a very slow, methodical movement of Russian forces into eastern Ukraine. That is Ukraine, the third of Ukraine, which is on the eastern side of this river called the Dnieper. They moved slowly, cautiously. They tried to reduce casualties among the civilian population, tried to give as many Ukrainian troops and forces as possible the opportunity to give up, to surrender. That is over. And the phase in which we find ourselves now, Russian forces have now maneuvered to encircle and surround the remaining Ukrainian forces 
and destroy them through a series of massive rocket artillery strikes, airstrikes, with Russian armor then slowly but surely closing the distance and annihilating what's left. So this is, a, this is the beginning, frankly, of the end of Ukrainian resistance. So they don't want to tell you that. I mean, that's not that's not the way the movie goes. Right. Um, but it, it also answers some questions. There were pictures that are coming in finally now that Russia has started using its missiles and attacking things have bombed out buildings and things. But you also don't see um, any bodies. And again, I'm going to send you back to remember in Afghanistan where there were those extremely graphic pictures and you'd see the explosion and then mm. you would see the bodies. Right. And it seems to me that some of the things that I've been reading on Twitter must be true, that Russia is, um, in some instances, telling people you have six hours to get out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and not to defend it, but that doesn't sound, I mean, it's war, right? I mean, Putin could have just bombed him. Or the Ukrainian government, somebody is telling the people to get out. So well, the Russians and whoever, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, so or maybe the people, people have. didn't speak Ukrainian. Right. And, and, or, and, and the people have left. Um, Read re- quick some of the comments. Let's see. Um, why are we, st- yes, exactly, Stephen. Why are we still importing 7% of our oil from Russia? Um, Karen Cataline. Oh, Chuck and Julie, you do not disappoint. I knew you wouldn't fall for the obligatory narrative. Thank you. Um, and then exactly why isn't Biden opening up the Keystone pipeline? I, well, again, because they don't actually care. They don't actually care about Ukraine and they don't. We're going to cut oil prices by, by doing, uh, all these great jobs of green new energy and that'll they that'll don't do. care about us they have their green new deal agenda all the elites do where they're going to get rich and which they're heavily invested and in. which they're heavily invested and they don't care a pesky little war in ukraine like i said it's just kind of drama that the biden administration hopes takes away from the disaster that's going on domestically um but back to uh, colonel mcgregor then he was talking about um and this is where you once again, Chuck was right. Um, Tucker Carlson is asking him, why? Why is Putin doing this? I mean, I'll let you because and the colonel agrees with you. He probably said, you know, I was listening to Chuck Bonnie while the Chuck and Julie show. I mean, you explain your take there. Well, he, he has said for the last seven, eight, nine years, my red line, red line is no um, NATO installations or troops or Article 5 powers to the Ukraine. And as much as he'd say it, the Biden administration, oh, we're happy to negotiate, but we can't grant that. We're happy to negotiate, we're not going to do it. And so then it's like, okay, so I'm not going to get that, so I'm going to invade. He's not crazy. I mean, he's, he's you know. You may disagree. He may, he may, may be bloodthirsty, I don't know. Um, but but it's, it's pretty logical. He said it for years and years and years, and why we didn't take him seriously I have no idea, uh, but it, it just does seem to me that we have to have a vestal virgin sacrifice, um, <laughs> and, and, and you know, to appease the gods uh, through it. And, and I'm afraid the the Ukrainians get to be that. I mean, the, we seem to be want them to shed a lot of blood um, of their own, none of ours, of course. Uh, and we're happy to buy some Stinger and Javelin missiles and some other stuff. And lots of Russians will die, too. And and then so then we'll feel virtuous. Right. We'll, well, feel, and, we'll and, feel and great. That, They're all I, dead. Again, I go back to Afghanistan. No one's uh, Biden didn't even mention it. Right. I mean, you know, that was a disaster. People died. Remember those horrible pictures of people clinging to the plane and falling to their death? And those are real pictures. Right? We saw those in real time. Um, you know, no one's talking about that. So I'm assuming the Biden administration thinks they can do this. But here is General McGregor saying exactly what you just said. It's like, you know, why did Putin do this? Well, here's why. If we could play Ukraine number two, please. 
thinking about this. What is Putin's goal here? What's his aim? Well, I think Vladimir Putin set out to honor his word of 2007. 2007 at the Munich Security Conference, he said, we will not tolerate the expansion of NATO into to a point where your NATO, your border, is touching Russia, specifically Ukraine and Georgia. We see these as essentially Trojan horses for NATO's military power and U.S. influence, subversion, and so forth. He then turned to several opportunities to reinforce that over and over and over again, most recently with President Biden, in the hopes that he could avoid taking action to effectively clean out eastern Ukraine of any opposition forces whatsoever, and to put his forces in a position vis-a-vis -vis NATO to deter us from any further attempts to influence or change Ukraine into effectively a platform for the projection of U.S. and Western power into Russia. So, again, maybe he's a madman, maybe he's insane, but um, what he did is basically what he said he was going to do. Right. So, again, that's the part of the narrative, right? You need your bad guy, and you can't have a medium bad guy, a boring bad guy. You need an evil, bloodthirsty, madman bad guy. And then you need, again, the strong, brave Ukrainians. Now, at a certain point, my guess is Zelensky is going to have to give up. Right. Um, and you don't buy the stories. So Russia sends in the Chechen special forces to assassinate 400 of them. Yeah, to assassinate Zelensky the 400. and they foil it. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. But again, that's all just part of the story. And when you're running with a story like this, the media, you can tell it just doesn't care. They're just going to go with it because the picture of the dog, I guarantee you, you're going to start seeing that everywhere. The dog sitting there next to something. Um, and, and it's the, you know, it's the dog sitting by the dead Ukrainian soldier. Again, Maybe, but maybe it was photoshopped. Maybe it was from 2014. Maybe it was just a dog city. <laughs> I mean, who knows what the, the truth is, but they don't care about the truth. And I think the truth is going to come back to bite Biden because here's something else that's happening that McGregor said, another reason as to why now. And he said, China. He said Russia and China have been engaged in serious talks today at the U.N. thing. Everybody, everybody was they're voting to condemn Russia for attacking Ukraine and China refused to do that right. and then abstained on some other things. And India, I think, as well. Right. India, so Mexico. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, keep in mind, they're trying to paint um, Russia as this world pariah. Well, Russia, well, it, it is important. It, well, it's, Western it, world. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it has been shocking how much the free world um, has has kind of supported Ukraine and is behind Ukraine. And, you know, we'll have Pepsi commercials about it pretty yeah. soon and, and, and everything else. Um, but but who really matters? Well, China, China, <laughs> yeah. China. Well, and, and India is not unimportant to Russia either. Well, um, so it's it's an amazing kind of process where we're isolating them. We're getting rid of them. They're kind of like, yeah, well. Well, well and I think that's, think about it, the pariah. So you've got essentially three major superpowers, right? United States, Russia, and China. And now who are the two sided against us? Russia and China. I mean, to me, that's really bad, right? I mean, we, to me, I think if nothing else, NATO and the president should have been smart enough to say, you know, we do not want to push Russia to China. And I think China is happy. I think China would, would, would in a heartbeat screw over Russia for themselves. But I mean, but I think we should have, when we were saying, no, 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 Russia, ha, 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 we're not going to refuse to let Ukraine be part, or we're not going to, we're gonna, not going to say we won't let 
Ukraine coming to NATO. Um, did anyone think that that might push Russia and China together and what the implications of that might well, be? Uh, particularly when, when Russia, not Russia, China very much believes that Taiwan should be part of oh, yeah. uh, one greater China. And at someday they're planning to, who knows when, to make that a reality. Um, and then you throw in Korea. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. And so the other thing, though, that McGregor, that back to the Tucker Carlson thing, they talked about how does this end? How do you see this ending? Um, and I thought he gave a pretty clear answer to that, too. Um, so if we could play the Ukraine number three, please, Thomas. Now, his goal, as we see it at the moment, is to seize this entire area of eastern Ukraine. That's pretty clear. He's going to roll up to that river up near Kiev. He's actually moved over the river and is preparing to go in and capture that city entirely. At that point, he has to decide what else he wants to do. I don't think he wants to go any further west. I think he'd be very satisfied to hold that point. But he would like whatever emerges from this that we call Ukraine, whether it's just the western side or it encompasses some of the east and the west of Ukraine, to be neutral, non-aligned, and preferably friendly to Moscow. That he will accept. Anything short of that, his war has been a waste of time. So that's, and then he went on to say that actually the United States, all the indications are that the United States, um, at least the Biden administration, understands that and would be okay with that. Support Ukraine. Well, who knows of the Biden? Well, yeah, that, that's well. That's just what he was saying. He was well, saying that, that, that the, yeah, that the the Biden administration would be willing to to accept that. So, I, one of the things I wanted to talk about too, more about this. And again, if you're on, go feel free to open up your mic or call in 888-627-6008 Is we're seeing in this, I think, how crazy the elites and their narrative. Are I mean we've we've it's been exposed in COVID it's being exposed in inflation it's being exposed all over the place and this is just another example. Well, every every war has its winners and losers, and one of the losers in this one is the uh, autistic teenager who controlled the <laughs> energy policies of Europe and the United States. Um, everybody's going. We, we do everything because she wants. We, we, clo- yeah. <laughs> we, cr- we close down nuclear plants. We. Right. And, and, and all we say, we're right on the edge and everything else. And then China and Russia make a 10 year deal for 100 million tons of coal, which right. will be burned in all these plants. And and so, you know, the fact that, that they're going to take put- a train there and tell them that they're taking your future away. Well, but, but go back to the what I was saying, and that is. You look at, as I said, it's just like Wag the Dog, where they're producing this movie, okay? The movie is not going to end the way they want. The movie is not going to end with a bunch of Ukrainian mothers. You know, you see the people of Ukraine standing there, blocking them to some (laughs) nuclear thing, whether that's true or not, who knows? But I mean, if Putin starts shooting, right, and it goes on to war, they're not going to be standing there, right? It's going to get ugly. Well, it it got ugly in Afghanistan, and then we just erased it from our collection. They were kind of telling the truth there. Here, though, I think they're not telling the truth. Or again, they've made the story up. And what we're seeing doesn't have anything to do with reality, just like, you know, masks work, didn't have anything to do with reality. Kids need the schools need to be locked down. We'll all be safe if you get the vaccine. I mean, their narrative did not match with reality. And what worries me is they haven't learned. Um, I think this is a group of people, and I read a column about this, so I'm, I'm plagiarizing here, but it was talking the world is divided anymore 
not so much even into class, not class, Republicans, Democrat, but into people, largely elites, and then everybody else. And the elites live in this virtual world where Twitter, you know, where they think that they think that scoring against Putin and Twitter, right, is the equivalent of winning a war. Where Facebook thinks we're going to demonetize the Russian government like they did that, right? Like Putin even cares about something like I'm that. Sure and that somehow that's the equivalent of like an apartment house being bombed. They think that somehow, you know, putting a hashtag, you know, save you. Ukraine or something like that is as important as sending weapons in. And in their world, it is. Because well, their world dominates the media. It dominates entertainment. It dominates sports. It dominates everything. So wherever they look, they find uh, it, it reinforcing their worldview that, that they are the they are the enlightened. They are the ones who, who know what's best. And then you have those working class peasants who are always just annoying us with their, <laughs> with their garbage. I mean, and, and I think that what we're seeing, because, again, they refuse to learn because they think they can keep the rest of us down. But as we saw with the trucker convoy, um, you actually, if you're elite, you need the truckers, right? Just like if you're Ukraine. Yeah, but well, you may need them, but then you can freeze their accounts and make sure they well, can't live. that is there. a scary part, because again, these people, as I said, are backed against the wall. I think they realize some of the smarter ones, everything is falling apart. People realize that they're lying now. The mainstream corporate media has very little impact. I mean, I think one thing you hear, and this is from liberal people. It's like, I just don't know what to believe. We heard that with the mask stuff, right? Where people a year ago, people were like, well, I don't know what to believe. Should I wear a mask? Shouldn't I wear a mask? And the dangerous thing I think for that is people are starting to think for themselves. People are like, well, I can't trust those people. Um, so maybe I'll just do a little bit of research on my own, or maybe I'll use my own common sense. And that's what they really don't want. So I think, you know, in this weird, um, world that they live in, that they try to force the rest of us to live in, the more their their little virtual world, it's like when Rev plays with his Oculus, right? The virtual world, that is their world. But they don't realize that they're about to crash into the fireplace if they don't look where they're going. Um, and, and so well, I- Chuck Todd said an interesting thing. He said, you know, the, the economy isn't that bad. It's, it's, has it gotten that, that the uh, vacuum that surrounds Republicans and right-wing people has gotten stronger than the balloon that surrounds the left? Um, and it's true because there's two different balloons that process information differently. And before there's just one balloon, they controlled it. Right. It was only in, they didn't have to worry about it. Uh, but now it's kind of like, wait a minute, just because we say that, that they all ought to wear masks and they all ought to close down and the teachers are wonderful, uh, they may not be leaving it. That's right. Here we'll read some of the comments. This from Leo. I don't get this 40-mile-long armored convoy should be sitting ducks. One person can shut down all I-70 on a Sunday night, go figure. <laughs> um, and then this is from Steve. Leo, Ukraine needs an air force to destroy the convoy, and I understand they don't have much in the way of the Air Force. Well, that was one of the th first things I believe that Russia took out. Out, right, we saw that initially. Well, they, they keep on claiming out. they didn't. So uh, yeah, who knows? Um, um, again, if Biden wanted to hurt Russia or Putin, he'd stop oil imports to the U.S. and put yes. sanctions on their energy industry. Um, gas in California is over five dollars a gallon for premium. Actually, Stephen, we had two guests on Monday who were both from California said it was over six dollars a barrel. Now, not a barrel, not a barrel, six dollars a gallon. Um, so that all is going to get worse. So we'll see. Um, I think that it, it's hard, and we'll keep trying to bring you what seems to make common sense. I don't know 
What is your guess if Putin has um, truly entered what McGregor called the second phase, which is the not fun phase, right? (laughs) And Stephen, that's what they're saying with the convoy, that this is its supply chain. I mean, you can't, that Putin was prepared for this, probably hoped Zelensky would surrender, just like you said we did with Saddam Hussein. And then when it didn't, he had the stuff in place now to to inflict pain. Um, And the question then becomes... um, if you're Ukraine, clearly they're still trying to get the world to respond. I think the world and NATO respond militarily, right? Respond with planes to, to target and, and attacks on Russia. I well, think the world has made it clear that's not going to happen. Generally, are not not great in Ukraine right now, um, um, and things will just get worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, and we'll we'll cheer them on until they finally. Uh, enough of them die and and starve and enough kids to go and then we'll then we'll move on to something more fun. Well, and it it sounds like too, like I said, that Twitter account said, and this is McGregor kind of hinted at that in another part of the uh, the interview. So you've got Zelensky, who's in the capital, at least as far as we know, um, in, in Kiev. On the other hand, though, as the Russians are moving through the city, um, up till now, apparently they've taken care to go around the cities. They haven't gone through them. Mm-hmm. But as they're starting to take them, they're entering into negotiations with the mayors of those cities, right, right? right? And so I could see that kind of happening, too, where, you know, slowly but surely as they move from the east to the west, keeping in mind that a lot of the people in the east supported Russia, right? Yes. They're negotiating um, yeah, they have these great talks in Belarus. But meanwhile, if you're like the mayor of some city and you've got all these Russian tanks sitting there pointing at you. One mayor said the men with guns. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, OK, yeah, no, we're not going to fight. Um, and it seems like what they're doing then, too, is cutting the Ukrainian army off. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how long do you think this goes? Uh, two months. Okay. I mean, that's, that's. Well, again, the media, they're going to be bored with it. So we need to be, they're like, okay, we know we need to wrap this up by five o'clock, you know, we've got, <laughs> a, we've, moving got our, on. we've got our special plan for later. So <laughs> yeah, we, we need to. <laughs> we got Greta Thunberg coming on at eight. That's so. right with the thing. Um, this was from Sandra, the elites. Um, not exactly. Also need plumbers, electricians, auto mechanics, the middle class. They, the elites, truly are not very smart. Now, I agree. Um, and they just keep thinking the more they can, whatever the narrative is that fits their cause or fits their ego, they can just shame us on Twitter and they could demonetize Putin. And someone is going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, guys. Did you see this? Some journalist like, look, my Twitter account has been bad. I can't do this. I had 400,000 followers. Where's it's my like, YouTube? Yeah, where's my YouTube channel? It's like YouTube is taking it down. Well, they're not taking it down. They're taking down Trump and not. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And they put this out there like it goes back to when Jen Saki, they were talking about inflation. And she's like, well, just go get a margarita and relax. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, just because some people can't get their Pelotons. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that's not what it is, what it is at all. So it's, the, it's amazing stuff. Right. Yeah. And this is Charlene, war made for TV and social media. Charlene, that's what I don't know if you were here. That's what I opened up with. It's like in Wag the Dog, where they go to Dustin Hoffman and say, we need you to produce a war. That's what's being done in the media and the social media. They're producing a war. Um, the trouble is we're starting to see their their little virtual me- version of the war begin to depart pretty significantly from reality. And I don't know how they do well, it. You, don't, the you, don't, you don't know how you try to look at historical parallels. You know, you go, well, is this a Russo-Finnish war of 38 where the Russians invaded the brave Finns and they held out uh, for a couple months and then they cratered in and, and Russia took a good part of, of Finland? Um, or is it the Hungarian 
uh, uprising in 1856, which we have a memorial uh, right on Spear yeah, Boulevard, right. too. Uh, and that's not much. And, and so we we love the heroic uh, Hungarians, although they all are crushed. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be one of those stories. I mean, I suppose it's possible that David did kill Goliath and, and that the um, uh, brave Ukrainians will scratch out a deal that allows them to to have part of their country and retain it and pride and everything else. But it's, that's not how the story usually. Works. Well, I think McGregor's probably right. That what, what will happen is there's the river. If you don't, know he was Niper, talking about the Niper river that runs right through the middle of Ukraine, basically. And um, he, he said that, that he believes that, that Putin will be happy to take the, the um, Eastern half because that gives them a buffer between the NATO countries of like um, Poland and Hungary. Um, that gives them a buffer between the NATO countries and um, Russia, and that the other half of Ukraine, right, will can be hopefully, you know, at least like they said, you know, not neutral. They don't, they don't. He doesn't really care. Do whatever you want to do there because he just has a strip of land that's a buffer. Well, I can, that kind of makes I, sense I, to me. It doesn't make total sense to me, no, because the Russians love their well, uh, Black Sea Dacas, and, um, and Odessa is is a place that in, in maybe in, carve uh, out a little corridor or something well, yeah I, th- I think you know what they'll probably do is is go all the way across to odessa transtania wherever that is which is a part of moldova uh, mm-hmm. but it's a separatist somewhat sort of somehow russian protected sliver but connect that up with the rest and so you'd have this u and then you'd have this uh, landlocked mm-hmm. landlocked ukraine that'd be good for wheat production i guess right um and maybe they'd give them a, a you know a path to the black sea but that's I don't, right i don't think they're gonna they're just going to give up on Odessa and that whole that makes sense that makes sense and this from Charlene well played so far deep state a nation doesn't abandon its president in time of war wag the dog (laughs) exactly um I want to do I was going to switch over talk a little bit about the caucuses yeah okay so we went to the um the um our precinct 46 up in here in Adams County caucus last night I was encouraged it was not well I was discouraged by the number of people who were there but I was encouraged by the I guess I would call the grassroots leanings of the people who were there I mean uh, the people over there, I mean, we almost some very grassroots resolutions put forward, like get rid of mail balloting, um, do forensic audits of the election machines, um, very grassroots type of uh, resolutions that were passed. And some of the grassroots people who spoke for the grassroots candidate. Um, and it was almost all grassroots. There are a couple of people who weren't, but it was almost all. Well, like, probably they, the entire state, I would say most of the rank and file and else are very grassroots, but the tops are always are always moderates, uh, whether it's in in uh, Broomfield or Weld County or Jefferson or or Arapaho or Denver. You know the very top people ben. are all establishment people um, because they have the time, energy, and and drive. I guess. Well, maybe were we just in a lucky precinct? In other words, no, because no, no, no. no. When we lucky... when we go to talk to people. You know, we talked to a lot, you know, and we talked to groups, we talked to a lot of grassroots people. They're overwhelmingly pro-Trump. But but when we just talked to executive committees, there are some that were great. Custer County was a great, and there's some others that were great. 
but an amazing number of them were just kind of, why can't we be Democrats? Well, and the thing is that for those of you who maybe didn't go, you should the next time around, because um, like we said, it kind of starts with if the, the precinct captains, the PCP person, precinct committee person, person is that yeah, what it I'm stands for? Okay, well, I, I'm going to be a captain. You're a person. I'm going to be a red leader. Um, <laughs> because when you go there, there weren't very many people there. So Chuck and I both got elected. There were two PCP positions and I'm one and Chuck is one. Um, and then what that means is, is then we can go on to the county assembly and help vote for the county chairperson. And then from there, you can go on to the state assembly. I mean, it is kind not of- Exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Well, that's my understanding <laughs> of it. Well, I get to go to the county, right? Um, you, you, as a PCP, you get to help elect who the chairman is of, right. of the county. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But you did not get to go to go to the county assembly. That you get oh. to go to because you are an alternate um, delegate. See, if to you the guys county. go to these things, there's hardly that's the advantage of hardly anyone going is you get to go and you can I have no idea <laughs> what you're doing or why or where you're going. That's I mean, right. it's just right, it just goes I'm, right by you. I'm gonna call myself captain, <laughs> I'm the precinct party captain, <laughs> and I will make everyone, including Chuck, do what I say and get me coffee and things like that. <laughs> no, but it is, it is a good thing where it starts, and that's how you make sure I was. I mean, I don't know. The turnout was, I would say, probably about the same it was last time. Yeah. You know, that's not great. Well, because the Republican Party wants to kill the caucuses, wants it. They just want a rich guy, go out, get a lot of signatures, and then you vote based on nothing other than the fact that whatever mailers they send you and, and all that. And that's how the the Phil Anschutz and, and uh, Candyman and others want you to do. They just want, they just want. Well, the donors, as we talked about before, the donors, you know, whatever the actual principles or beliefs might be of some of the higher ups in the Colorado Republican party. And there's some great, I always have to, they say leadership and you kind of go, who is leadership? Well, there are three people elected. Marilyn Harris. uh, Great. Down South. We love her. Um, Priscilla Rahm. Priscilla Rahm. We love her. And then there's KBB. Um, and Don't so, love her as much. And not as much. Just a smidgen less. less. A smidgen less. Um, and it's always been that way. No matter who we elect, you know. It, Scott Kessler was going to be the establishment person. So we elected Christy Burton Brown. And she became the establishment person. We, we elected Steve House. So he'd be a grassroots guy. And he'd be an establishment person. Um, Ryan Call will have to admit he was an establishment person. <laughs> well, then he became a Democrat. Became a Democrat. After he stole all the Trump money. Yeah, so, yeah. Quarter million Trump money plus. There you go. <laughs> this from Charlene. I remember when Steve House said too many people at caucuses was messy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, again, they hate when those pesky voters show up and try to express their opinion. Um, you know, uh, but hey, that that's where it all starts. Uh, so anyway, so that's there. So Chuck and I are both um, precinct party captains. Chuck's just a person. I'm the captain. No. <laughs> and we're also, we're also delegates to the county assembly and hope to go on to the state assembly. I went in 2010. As well, and this is where it all started with you. Then you showed up at some meeting and then all of a sudden you got yourself elected to the executive committee. And that was, that was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to know <laughs> what it's really like on the inside of the state Republican party. And there's some great, great people and there's some not so great. People. But again, I, I was kind of not even kind of, I was very optimistic just out of this sort of random, you know, group of people that showed up because they have several precincts i'm not even sure 10 maybe 15 oh, more than that yeah, even yeah, yeah. who who show up and it's so it's completely i don't want to say random but you know but some pre- pre- some precincts said no people 
Well, yes, I had no. Oh, here's a two. I didn't realize this, guys. Here's where why the county chair positions can be so important. So the precinct person is where it and the delegates is where it starts. Right. And then the delegates go on and they help elect other offices and candidates who are running, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up the chain. Um, but if a precinct does not have anyone show up, and I would say about half of the ones we had didn't have people show up, it is the county chairperson who gets to a point a delegate for that position. Mm-hmm. And that person does not have to be from that precinct, right? So that's why the- No, co- no, it usually is from that precinct. Although all the people who go to the to the county one, if not everybody's there, then they'll just fill in all the alternates. That's what I'm trying to say. So they'll fill in- all- You have to give Ravazzo that any opinion expressed by Julie may or may not have any <laughs> well, basis no, in reality. No, I guess what I, I didn't put it, use the correct terms, but what I was saying well, is- stupid terms. A lot of, so what happens is, yeah, they can, is they if can somebody control. doesn't show up and yeah, you've they, registered they, as an they alternate, can control it. They can, the county chair people can totally control because then they decide right. who gets to go on. So they can totally control it. So that's why it's so important. Now we're lucky in Adams County, we've yeah. got Joanne Winholz, who's yeah. great. Right. Um, but that's when you wonder about the inner workings and that's why steve house doesn't want too many people at caucus no, after no, your point charlene no. because then he wouldn't be or other people wouldn't be able to appoint the right people to fill the, the delegates the, who get to vote reasonable right, so. not the crazies no. but some reasonable peter boyle types yeah <laughs> that's right that's right so anyway so the caucus was it was good um it's done we both are are in it um and ben nicholas is a delegate i mean all the right at our caucus it was just all like, the good people all the good people were there and again Joe and diane who ran it i was just glad to see the number of grassroots people who were there um and sometimes some of the people who i was wondering well are they rhinos um actually turned out they just had a question <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, you're, oh, no. it's okay, everybody. Um, um, let's see. Okay, yeah, oh, good. Thank you, Sandra. Sandra's like, Peg Cange explained it well when she was on our show. <laughs> Leo, how many dead people showed up to vote? Well, Leo, that's what the county chairs will appoint, is they'll go through the roles of the dead people. And well, the Republican Party has a few elderly members, I must admit. I don't, actually, I'm not sure. Do you have to be alive to vote? I'm not sure that that was to be alive. No. It was necessarily you can be, you can be appointed. <laughs> was necessarily a thing. Um, I do, so we're gonna actually. Well, it's time to wrap up. We want to get going today. Um, is Rev's eleventh birthday? Our son Rev. So we have, and plus we have parent teacher conferences. Parent teacher conferences and um, his birthday stuff to go to, birthday events to go to. I, his classroom, I delivered like 8 million donuts earlier today. Um, got a sugar high for the entire building. Oh, yeah, yeah. The teachers are going to be like, thank you, <laughs> um, Mrs. Bonneville. Um, on Friday, we're going to have Eric Odlin, who is- oh, a, we got to get- um, We'll get Laurel Eimer back, back on. Yeah. A, CD, a CD7 candidate, but he was a combat war vet. And his spokesperson reached out and said, could he come and talk to- uh, your show or come on your show and talk about Ukraine. And I said, sure. Um, and then also Dr. Brian Dundep, you guys remember him. He's filled in for us. He's been posting some great stuff on his Facebook page. He was traveling with his son um, in Iraq or Iran. I forget. Well, and actually several he, countries. He wouldn't be traveling so, around and, Iran. And not, okay. He was with, not now these days in several countries. And he Iraq. was saying, go figure that what we, what, you know, you would have been led to believe it was like, is not, not at all what it was like. Um, and plus, I mean, he's always great too. He keeps a close eye on political and be interesting to get his view. I mean, they've got to be paying a little bit of attention over there to this whole Ukraine thing. You would think, I mean, it's certainly closer to home than it is well, here. Well, and, the Iraqis could count. That reminds me of 2003. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I remember that we got invaded for no excuse and they took over the government and, and a lot of people died and got killed. And uh, yeah. there was no WMDs, but uh, you know, it's uh, huh. interesting. But anyway, so we'll get his take on that. So that will do it for and us. I never saw any of the kitties who died in that war. No. Oh, no, no. That no, was no. a man. That was a produced, well-produced war yes, too. Yes, it was. Excellent. Um, well-produced weapons of mass destruction. Again, yes. whether it's true or not, doesn't have anything to do with it. As it's long a produ- as it's, it's a production that's that right. counts. Hey, that will do it for us on this Wednesday. Thank you to everyone uh, for listening. We love having you all on Zoom. Um, you can get our podcast, um, all the different links to Rumble, uh, Podbean, Apple, Alexa, you name it. Just all, just go to chuckandjulie.com. All the links are there. Um, and we'll see you on Party Friday. Party Friday. In the Moto War, you can still have a Party Friday. There you go.